Empower the use of open source with software composition analysis from Revenera. Hello, and welcome to another software composition analysis podcast from Revenera. I'm your host, Kendra Morton, and today's guest once again is Alex Ryback, Director of Product Management at Revenera. Hey, Alex. Hey, Kendra. Good to see you again. <laughs> Good, you too. So we recently spent some time discussing some very specific things that um, companies should be considering when they're looking at the security of their um, software supply chain. And we promised we'd come back and provide some actionable steps for our audience. So we're here with Alex to answer that question. What should you be doing? So take us through it, Alex. What's on the list? Yeah, so um, certainly, you know, these are going to vary by company. So I, I'm trying to keep it simple here. So just a five-step program. But step number one, and by far the most critical, is make sure your teams are properly educated. Right, uh, Make application security part of your culture, which you cannot do unless people understand what they're accountable for, um, how it impacts the company, uh, why you're doing it, uh, what happens if it doesn't get done. Um, and then make sure that, you know, besides training, you have a compliance, which includes legal and security policy. And most importantly, that your product teams know about it. They know where to find it. They understand the basic idea of it, right? They don't need to get every single detail, but they understand in general what the policy is, where it's located, uh, what element of it applies to them, and where to go if they have questions, right? Uh, policies will evolve. They're kind of living, breathing things. Um, they don't need to be memorized. Uh, so just so they understand kind of where, where it's stored and what to do if they don't understand or something's missing. Uh, the second step is make sure your teams are continuously running the appropriate tools. So when we talk about tools, we're talking about SAS, so static uh, security testing. We're talking about dynamic security testing, which sometimes referred to as pen tests, um, and then SCA tools. Um, all three serve different purposes. All three are critically important to have full coverage. Um, and if you're not doing any one of the three, you will certainly have blind spots in your security program. So it's important to uh, you know, do the appropriate as much as your company can do in all three of these areas. So think of them as uh, kind of multiple nets you drag through your product. So each one's a layer of discovery. Each one offers risk mitigation for your overall application security. And each one really needs to be integrated into the development process. You certainly don't want any of these to be a separate kind of oddball thing that somebody does. It needs to be tied into how your engineering team works and the tools that your engineering team uses for source control, for continuous integration and delivery, for uh, bug tracking. Um, all of these are going to be important because you, you want this to just be another stream of information, not something unique that they have to learn. Uh, number three, start producing S-bombs. Uh, doesn't have to be perfect. Doesn't have to be complete day one. Uh, get into the habit of doing it. This is kind of another culture piece. Um, S-bombs are going to evolve. The whole process will evolve. It's continuous improvement. It's you know it's definitely not a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, make sure you have agreement internally on what S-bomb means to you. There's several formats. There's several levels of depth you can go to. Uh, are you going to report Linux as a separate line, as, you know, individual line item, or are you going to report every single module within Linux as a nested line item? Right? You have to kind of agree on your team what you're going to do as far as depth and format. But more importantly, make sure that you are sharing this with your supply chain partners so there's no surprises. Whatever you are expecting your vendors to provide to you, you should at least be doing as much downstream to your customers partners or your customers' customers. So make sure you have agreement going in and uh, some plan on how you're going to build up to, to satisfying those requirements. 
Um, the other step I would definitely recommend, number four, is working towards open chain certification. So open chain is an industry spec. It's kind of the, the world's specification these days on how to do license compliance. It does not offer specific uh, hows. It's more of a kind of a checklist on what it is that your program needs to have. So you can run whatever compliance program you want. OpenChain gives you a checklist and a specification on grading your program and making sure that it's adequate. Uh, the two main benefits to it is it provides legitimacy and trust to your supply chain partners on your management process. You don't need to explain what you do if you are if you are able to legitimately state that you are open chain compliant, that itself carries lots of weight. And that is something that can be understood by people when you make that claim. So uh, it's a very eye-opening process. It's you know fairly straightforward to go through it, uh, but it definitely gives you lots of things to kind of grade yourself on, uh, make sure that you've got all the documentation in place, all the processes in place, tools in place, and that your program is consistent and um, improving on an ongoing manner. And then the final one would be, uh, just kind of keep up with what's going on in the market. Uh, lots of different sources to follow. Um, you know, NTIA has lots of great content um, on the executive order that was issued back in May of this year around cybersecurity. Uh, they outline kind of main milestones and a calendar on when certain events will occur. So it's important to, number one, understand what industries you operate in, you sell into, you work with, uh, wh whether you're impacted by regulations around you know, financial processing or telco or automotive or U.S. government. It's just important to know kind of what, what you know, what, what ballpark you play in to understand the rules and guidelines. And then with that lens, understand if any of the industry regulations that are maturing and kind of consolidating uh, impact you and how they impact you, right? So kind of know what's expected of you based on the industry you're in. So, so I'd say those kind of five things, just to repeat real quick. So educate your teams, make sure you're continuously running tools, start producing S-bombs, uh, work towards open chain certification, and then review industry regulations, including the executive order, just to understand how that applies to you. Very good, good list. So you mentioned license compliance. Well, wh what about it? Because a lot of companies, when they're thinking um, security program, they're not thinking about compliance. Yeah, definitely true. Uh, so license compliance kind of been a, a swing in pendulum. Historically, when we looked at SCA, which is software composition analysis and a way to kind of get visibility into what ingredients make up your software, uh, this was a thing that was always started and kind of mandated by legal, right? It was driven by license compliance. Um, and we always heard these statements, which is kind of interesting enough that security folks or you know, legal folks would say, uh, licensing is my problem, but then security issues are also my problem because ultimately I'm kind of the risk officer for the company. And there's been kind of a bit of a pivot, right? So the pivot to security certainly has been very profound. Uh, right now, lots of SCA demand is driven by security needs more so than licensing, but that doesn't mean those license needs have gone away. So it's still a business risk, still needs to be mitigated. Uh, you still need to determine what level of risk is acceptable to you. And it certainly will vary by teams, right? If you have a, a product responsible for 80% of your revenue, it will likely garner more, you know, less of a risk tolerance than a web application that is kind of a free giveaway, right? So you really need to understand the nature of your products, nature of your offerings, which one can carry more risk, which one cannot. Uh, but but this kind of thing that we used to hear from security and legal about, you know, who, who kind of who's concerned about each other's problems, that, that's been changing. So several years ago, again, the kind of the general counsel at companies would consider security risk something that ultimately concerns them. It rolls up to them. 
Now I'm starting to see the, the opposite. I'm starting to hear CISOs being concerned about kind of the fact that compliance issues are another part of the risk that needs to be managed. Uh, typically, it'll roll up into your GRC programs and your initiatives uh, across all corporate risk. And it's something that even if your SCA needs are driven by security, it's a need that you at least need to kind of objectively understand that needs to be followed and have to determine kind of how much energy and resources to spend on it. But but definitely hasn't gone away and still uh, really important to make sure that you handle. Okay, very good. So what to your thinking then has been the biggest impact to the software supply chain? I mean, we don't talk about it today like we did even like one or two years ago. Yeah, I think the the biggest impact's just been acceptance that it's real, right? I mean, software is not tangible; you can't touch it. Uh, unlike hardware, hardware has gotten attention for decades around various ERP systems, lots of quality controls for hardware. Uh, it's always been seen that hardware directly has an impact to human safety. If you're building a car, a plane, a boat, an elevator, right? It's it's got potential for human harm. However, these days, uh, you know, all of these devices are much smarter than they used to be and contain a ton of software. So you have to look at software just like hardware. It has the exact same supply chain. It's just as complex, just as important. Um, again, the, if you look at the breaches over the last couple of years, there's been a lot of exploits around critical infrastructure, around healthcare, around the food supply, water supply, energy. If you look at IoT and hardware, you know thing, devices are getting smarter, devices are controlled by software. So there's always kind of evidence that the software supply chain could have just as dire consequences if it's not properly controlled as uh, the hardware supply chain. So lots of similarities between the two. I think a lot of kind of the best practices for how to deal with you know the nuts and bolts and sub-assemblies that go into a car is the exact same as software. There's lots of sub-modules, there's lots of different vendors participating in the final product that is sold to customers. And it's just as important to have traceability back if there is an issue found once an application has been deployed. Well, who's got to fix it? Right, your customer is going to ultimately call whoever they paid for it or you know, whichever vendor supplied it to them if there's no cost associated. But that's not necessarily the vendor that will ultimately fix the problem. So you have to understand who sourced the code that you're using, who sourced the code to your sourcer. right? And you kind of have to roll, unwind the supply chain and really understand where do you go to make that fix. So you know, again, lots of parallels with hardware, but I think that's been the biggest one has just been much more legitimized than in the past. And it always, it also speaks to, you know, the regulations that are happening, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. That, that are popping up continuously. So yeah, I can't imagine right. the US government buying something without knowing, you know, who built every element of it. So it's the same thing in software, right? They, they need to know who, who's on the hook for which part. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. I'm, I'm anxious to see kind of where it's going to go, where it's going to take us for sure. Yep. Yeah. All right. So thank you, Alex. Thanks to our audience. Um, please join us for future software composition analysis podcasts, uh, more discussions around securing your code, um, license compliance, um, and generally what's going on in the world of open source. We thank you for joining us. Thank you, Alex. And thank you, Kendra. To everyone. Awesome. Yep. Have a great day. Empower the use of open source with software composition analysis from Revanera.